are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome to you. I've tuned in to episode number 397 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is the Weekender edition of the podcast where we talk about upcoming amateur radio contests and events, upcoming open source events, lots of things you can do and try over the next two weeks. And then we get into food and music and drink and all the things that make life worth living. So let's just get a hood. Let's just hit. Let's, let's just. Uh, yeah, apparently, some of us have started the weekend early. So <laughs> let's go Absolutely. ahead and just get right into it. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. All right. And since we're in the sauce and we probably need to get in before we drown in it, we'll let Bill start with this weekend in amateur radio and he hits us with the contests and we'll let him go ahead and tell us what they are. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, we get all these contests from ContestCalendar.com, the most wonderful and amazing ContestCalendar.com in the universe. So check that out. Uh, this weekend, uh, there are no state QSO party challenges or worked all QSO parties. Why is that? Because we have the big ARRL International DX contest. It is the only contest you should be thinking about this weekend. This is the time to get your DXCC on. And it is running from zero Zulu March 6th to 2400 Zulu March 7th. Uh, the bands there are 160 through 10, no work. And of course, this is single side band. And I'm just going to confirm my 160 meters because that just does not sound right, but I'm sure it is. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Nope. 160 through 10. So there you go. Um, I just wanted to confirm. Sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe I uh, I copied that and it didn't work. But yeah, 160 through 10. So top band through 10 meters. It's no work, single side band. So you're going to talk as much as you want. I heard uh, uh, this past weekend, a lot of people getting on the, uh, uh, the single side band, top band contest. The conditions were a little bit weird, but there were a lot of contacts made. So, you know, top band is definitely going to be an option. 10 meters definitely going to be an option six meters has been popping up and uh, being open so uh definitely get on and uh make sure that you're working and logging and sending that login again this counts towards your dxcc so oh definitely definitely do it the IWRL international dx contest next weekend well if you didn't work uh that work them on 10 in south america this is the time to uh get it going because this is uh next weekend there's the south america 10 meter contest and it runs from 1200 zulu march 13th to 1200 zulu march 14th it of course is on 10 meters single sideband and cw so uh you know get them work them log them and send it in uh it's a good time to work uh south america rick em, I don't know, when on rick, 10 meters rick em, rack em, rack em, rack em, yeah. get the ball and really fight Brick and wreck and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 10 meters, you know, let's, let's, let's burn that band alive on, uh, next weekend. So let's make sure that 10 meters is open. The more you transmit, the more you help your neighbors get on 10 meters. I, I, I truly believe that the activity creates propagation. So get on there and make it happen. 
And, of course, next weekend as well, we have a top band contest. It's uh, the Stu Perry a Top Band Te- Challenge. It runs from uh, 1500 Zulu March 13th to 1500 Zulu March 14th. Of course, top band, 160 meters. This mode is CW. Um, and what is this? This event was created by a small group of contesters who were interested in 160 meters top band. The most unique feature of this contest is that the point value of the QSOs depends on the distance between two stations. You are given one point plus another point for each 500 kilometers of distance. Points are also multiplied for lower power categories for both ascending and receiving stations. And I'll give you a little hint here. I have done actually a lot of work on 160 meters with five watts. It is totally possible. And uh, you just have to just keep on trying. So if you want to earn a lot of points, hell, try QRP CW Top Band during the Stu Perry Top Band Challenge and enjoy some fun next weekend. Hey, and uh, talking about next weekend, we also have the State QSO Party Challenge and the Worked All QSO Parties. We have two of them. We have Oklahoma and Idaho. So uh, get on there, Oklahoma and Idaho. Work those stations and uh, get those counties in those areas. And remember to turn in your logs and uh, send them to 3830.com for 3830scores.com or whatever the heck it's called. If you have N1MM, it's already there. You can just go ahead and you know, press the button and it sends it right out. Uh, if not, you have to go there and just upload your log. Um, that's for the state QSA party challenge. And for the worked out QSA parties, you need to actually send the log in to the states. So pay attention to those rules in those states and those log submission files. And with most QSO parties, you need at least three QSOs. My rule of thumb is always five <laughs> yeah. because like you might not have copied a couple of them, right? So they always send in a, a more QSOs than you actually need and uh, get those logs in. Um, if you're going for the award, then obviously work them until you're, you know, the time runs out. So uh, uh, enjoy that QSO party challenge and get on there for Oklahoma and Idaho. And that's it for the uh, contest for the next two weeks. All right. Very good. So there are a few special events coming up in the next few weeks as well. The one we've got here is the 1845 Florida Statehood Commemoration. This will be operating February 27th through March 7th, 1500 to 300 Zulu daily. Call sign will be Whiskey 4 Foxtrot. Frequencies on or around 705, 7235, 1405, and 14285 on CW and single sideband. The Lake Monroe Amateur Radio Society of Seminole County with the ARRL North Florida section will operate W4F for a week to commemorate Florida becoming a state March 3rd, 1845. While not a contest, our club is pleased to have another special event one-by-one call available for fun operating to compare our sunny warm temperatures with that of your QTH. Sounds like they're rubbing your nose in it. (laughs) But uh, hey, we, we were pretty good today. 70 degrees. I'm digging it. Also, we have launching of the USSSSSSSS Midway commemoration. Back in the USSSSS Midway. Huh? Way too many S's there. I think I might have thrown one or two extra in there. This will be on March 13th only from 1700 to 2359 Zulu. The call sign is NI6IW. Uh, this will be on or about 7.250, 14070, and 14.230 on CW single sideband and PSK31. The USS Midway was commissioned in 1945 and lasted until 1992, and its official international call sign was NIIW. In 2004, the ship became open as a museum. 
The first amateur radio call sign assigned was KG6ZTS in 628-2005. That's probably a lot of information you don't need to know. Uh, anyway, they did a lot of work, and they came with a vanity call sign, NI6IW, to commemorate because its call sign was NIIW. There you go. And it's in California. So there's a QSL card available. All the links and information will be in the show notes, so check it out. And, of course, you can look it up on QRZ.com as well. And then we have Arrows from the Air, which I've heard about these before, but I didn't. I sort of like lost touch with them, I guess. This special event will be operating from March 20th to the 21st, 1800 to 0300 Zulu Daily, call sign K7SWI. Frequencies on are about 3827, 7227, 14227, and 28427 on sideband. What are those giant arrows dotting the American landscape? The arrows were part of a federal project to speed up communication across great dif- distances. Transcontinental air mail service began in 1920, but even with this advancement over ground travel, service was slow. Pilots had no sophisticated instruments, so they couldn't fly at night or in poor weather. The government built a path of 70-foot-long concrete arrows every few miles from coast to coast, each painted yellow and topped with a 51-foot steel tower that had a rotating beacon. Using the path, an airmail pilot needed only half the time to deliver a letter from New York to San Francisco. K7SWI will issue a certificate in QSL to all requested uh, all requesters, please include single, or, yeah, says a <laughs> self-address stamped envelope for QS only and a self-address stamped envelope. St- st- oh, God. Daisy. K7SWI will issue, it's easy, a certificate and QSL to all requested. Please include self-address stamped envelope for QSL only and a self-address stamped envelope with one green stamp. I'm assuming a stamp stamp. Uh, for the QSL and certificate. So there you go. So no one does green stamps anymore. Dude, how old are you? <laughs> so, um, so, so that's it for the upcoming amateur radio contest. We do have a couple of announcements. Well, we have one more. We have, oh, we one, have one more. more. We have one more. That was just came in from the chat room. This is the last man standing TV show special event station. Oh, I forgot and about I'm this one. Sure yeah. It's the 24th. Yeah. It might actually come in the next, uh, next one, but we'll mention it now. Last Man Standing Amateur Radio Club is joining with a team of seasoned special event operators around the United States to present a multi-band, multi-mode special event celebrating the primetime network TV show for its positive and accurate portrayal of amateur radio. The event will start at Zero Zulu UTC on, uh, or I guess Zulu and UTC are the exact same thing, Zero UTC. <laughs> UTC on uh, 24th March of uh, 2021 and end at 2359 UTC uh, the 30th of March 2021, the last day of shooting for the show, which is concluding its long and successful run. During its nine TV seasons, the last man standing ARC operated as KA6LMS from real radios on the set during production breaks, making thousands of contacts with the show's amateur radio fans, DMR operation and DSAR on a reflector, uh, REF 012 alpha will be courtesy of the Los Angeles based Papa, Papa alpha, Papa alpha repeater system, uh, DSAR reflector zero three zero Bravo, uh, will be courtesy of Georgia DSAR. The intent is to operate on as many bands and modes as possible, including single sideband, CW, and several uh, digital modes. Satellite and repeater operation is also encouraged. 
a number of bra uh, bonus stations with a special one by one call signs and a KA six LMS stroke call area. Guest operators will be positioned around the county, a country, sorry, country to increase the access to the event when the actual onset uh, radios are in operation. The bonus stations may act as relays to assist contacting Kilo Alpha 7 Lima Mike Sierra. Participation, uh, participating stations may download a QSL certificate. A special clean sweep certificate will be available for those who qualify. KA6 LMS and a number of affiliated stations will live stream their operations. At times, the AmateurLogic.tv team will pick up video feeds and active uh, from active stations to provide commentary and context. I'm assuming, like, uh, you know, what is that? Uh, what is that TV show? Like, uh, TV 2000 or something? I can't remember. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're just going to let you watch flounder, movies so. and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever that, uh, whatever that show is. Uh, you just sit there and talk about movies while they're playing. What was that show called? It was on Oh, Mystery Theater Science or, Theater uh, 3000. Is that what you're talking about? Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, we could do it too here at uh, the LHS podcast. We have a, you know, a YouTube channel and absolutely nothing better to do than to uh, live stream a live stream on top of a, a live stream. So anyway, <laughs> so there's, there's one more option. We'll be talking about it again probably in the next weekender, but we wanted to mention it now because it was so graciously mentioned by one of our live listeners, K4XSS, Tony. Thanks a lot, Tony, for uh, pasting that into the Discord chat room. And if you're not in the Discord chat, please join us on Thursday nights when we record the show so you can tell us what we're missing live and on the air. Are you done? <laughs> I stopped. That was a great transition. Come on. That was like almost professional radio quality you were just supposed to pick right up come on what the, what's going well, on over there I'll, Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll pick right up and post so <laughs> uh coming up <laughs> <Yeah>. we, <laughs> so back back to announcements we have our next <laughs> episode which is going to be a deep dive episode not not the next episode the next deep dive episode is going to be on no oh, i want to hear you do this one <laughs> on what open rtx well, like what, when what? we have the episode discussion of which episode is going to drop first. <laughs> oh, we're not going to have that discussion. We'll we'll figure that out one later. Oh, so, okay. Uh, but anyway, check out the next deep dive, which will be on Open RTX, a cool new project. And if you want to check that out, a link of, to that project will be in the show notes, and we'll be interviewing the guys who develop that. And this has more to do with digital radio and M17 and all that kind of stuff that we've been talking about, ladies, lately. So it uh, it sort of follows. Ladies. We're kind of on a the- Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have any room to talk. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna take oh my this, lord a- another announcement, which is that the mailing list that we used to have does not work anymore. I'm working on recovering it, but there is no mailing list right now. So if you're wondering why they're having people signing up for the mailing list, there isn't one. But uh, as soon as I get that restored, we will let everybody know where they can sign up again. And uh, that being said, Bill wants to tell you about something that he is doing for the show and for our subscribers and Patreons. That's right. Episode 400, which we will uh, officially record sometime during the Ham Radio Expo, most likely at 2 p.m. Central. Uh, during the show, uh, we record episode 400 and which we will actually award one of our 
lucky subscribers or Patreons with a Raspberry Pi 400 kit. Um, and depending on what that kit is actually defined as in your country, <laughs> that's what you'll get because that's what I'll be ordering for you from my personal web browser, I guess. That's how it works. Anyway, so yeah, so we will be selecting one uh, lucky subscriber slash Patreon. Uh, we'll be posting you all into a randomizer selection list, and I will select one of you to uh, win this. And I will personally send this to you via ordering it and making it your deliver address. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so we really appreciate uh, all the supporters over the years and all the Patreons. And if you're not a current supporter of Patreon and want to be one, please do that prior to us uh, uh, having this event. It will be, uh, I think we're closing the list on uh, March 11th at uh, midnight uh, central time. So uh, if you are a member or a Patreon during that period of time, we will ensure that you are part of this particular drawing that we will be doing for our members and Patreons. If you are not interested in becoming a member of Patreon and still want a Raspberry Pi 400, I suggest you go to uh, Canakit and order one yourself because I will not be buying you one. i can't i can't do it for people that aren't helping the podcast to continue to flourish and grow and we can only flourish and grow with your support because we do not take any advertisers we do not take any other income except for what you all provide out of your pockets and and consider a value for value uh membership to the podcast so please we, we really appreciate what you're doing, and, and I appreciate what you're doing. And um, this is a, sort of a, a little reward and opportunity for those members that are interested in supporting the program. Um, yeah, so if you want to join, please join. If you're only joining for this, this, this particular contest, don't join. You know, I don't want you to join for a contest because that's stupid. Um, you know, only join if the content's worth 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 giving to i mean we're here spending our time to produce content for you and if it's not worth any value i don't want you to spend any money on it it's not it's not worth anything to you just go away so <laughs> if it's worth something wow to you're you, really selling this i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah no if it's worth something to you then 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 participate in it otherwise you know I, you know just you know we're not giving away stuff for, for nothing. We have stickers. You can buy a sticker for $2 and it's on the website. If you want to buy something for something small, if you, you know, next time we're at Hamvention, if you come visit us, you know, we may give you a sticker because you have a nice conversation with us. Um, but, uh, this is something special for the people that have been helping us all along all the time. So, uh, and the people that are continued supporters of the program. So that's that's what we're doing. It's not a, you know, open to everything, everybody type process. So please, uh, if you're going to become a member or a subscriber, please do it by uh, March 11th at midnight central time and uh, listen uh, live at the uh, QSO Today radio show. We will uh, have it via air meet or whatever. I have no idea. I, I don't have the details yet. But either way, it'll be the podcast that comes out as episode 400 in any form or fashion. Okay, and if you remember any of that, then hooray to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. 
But anyway, yes. That's not that in horribly mind. incoherent. Come on. <laughs> it's not, but you are. Okay, wow. so <laughs> we do have a ham radio challenge, which I already mentioned was to check out Open RTX, maybe get yourself a little bit familiar with the project or any part of M17, which we have talked about before the upcoming deep dive, and uh, check out digital VHF and UHF radio anyway, and maybe even some digital HF like Codec. Uh, Codec 2's uh, free DV and all that stuff. And then also make sure to sign up to be at the QSO Today Virtual Ham Radio Expo so we can see you there. And you can see us. And you will be able to see us, actually, for episode number 400 because it will be video stream. And uh, that might be cool. It might not be cool. We all have faces for radio, but it is what it is. We're down to this weekend in open source, and Bill is going to tell us about a distribution you can try if you want to play around with some new distribution or maybe an old distribution. The Kali Linux uh, 2021.1 release, codename Command Not Found. That's that's pretty cool. I actually like that. Uh, today we're pushing out the first Kali Linux release of the year with Kali Linux 2021.1. This edition brings enhancements of existing features and is ready to be downloaded or upgraded if you have an existing Kali Linux installation. A summary of the change log uh, since 2024. Point or sorry, 2020.4. Let me get that right. Uh, release from November is. They've uh, changed it to XFCE 4.16 for those XFCE people. Our preferred and current default desktop environment has been updated and tweaked uh, for the KDE people. They have the KDE 5.2.0 Plasma also received a version bump. Uh, terminals, let's see here. We got uh, Mate Terminal, Terminator, and Tylix. All have uh, various uh, work carried out on them. Command not found, a helping hand to say if a program needs to be installed. Uh, partnership with uh, more tool authors, BC Security, Juhoi, Juhoi, Wohai, Waha, I don't know, whatever. Uh, have been producing a great tools and we wanted to support them. New tools and updates, multiple tools have been added to Kali and are ready for you. Cali Net Hunter, a new BusyBox and Rucky version, and a boot animation. Wait, did you did you become Canadian? Did you just say a boot? Oh no, <laughs> a boot. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Cali Arm. I'll, I'll have to disconnect or whatever while you're doing the boot. Uh, Cali Arm preliminary support for parallels on uh, Apple Silicon, including the Apple M1. In case your in case your uh, SSD hasn't completely burned itself up from all the SSD issues that they've been having, uh, and Raspberry Pi 400. Hey, let's mention episode 400 again. Uh, Wi-Fi support. Uh, those builds are out there and available for Cali. Uh, Cali Project itself uh, also has a couple of different changes. The new Cali website. If you may have noticed a few things, it looks a little bit different. Maybe a little sexier. Who knows? Uh, the Cali newsletter, rather than uh, coming to us for updates, you can uh, get them directly in your mailbox. So you can uh, subscribe to the Cali newsletter. Um, and remember, the Cali is, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a distribution that you'd run as your daily driver. It really is for doing specific testing and or white hat, uh, dare I say, uh, 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 intrusion testing and penetration testing for your own networks and stuff like that. It gives you a lot of tools for doing that 
Uh, Cali is very popular for uh, being able to um, collate all the tools you need to do a little bit of a, uh, network security investigations and whatnot on your own uh, infrastructure. Uh, so it's not necessarily the best distribution for you to run as a daily driver, although we have run it as an LHS uh, uh, installer build, and we uh, gave it an, uh, an LHS readiness score of probably a 4 point uh, something, 4.7, I think it was. I did look at it earlier today, but I, I probably have forgotten it. But, uh, yeah, 4.7. So it is an Ubuntu build. So you can put all kinds of, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, Ubuntu software directly on it. So it's, a, it's a kind of a cool distribution, but it's very specific for doing this, uh, penetration testing and doing all kinds of forensic work on intrusion, uh, intrusion, uh, uh, incidences, incidences, incidents, incidents. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, check it out. Now the new Cali is out 2021.1. It's available for your ARM and uh, M1 and uh, x86 and AMD 64 processors. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. Have fun. All right. Very cool. So now we've come down to the part of the show where Bill disconnects and reconnects so he's not six seconds delayed. And while he's doing that, Cheryl is going to tell us about the open source events that are coming up, including the one that I forgot to repost. But uh, she'll hit it hard, I'm sure, and let you know all about the Storm Spotter stuff and a bunch of other things. So go for it. All righty then. So I mentioned last time that the National Weather Service uh, Forecast Office in St. Louis is offering free, free virtual spotter classes to prepare for the hardest severe weather season. If you'd like to assist your local community by becoming a volunteer storm spotter and reporting severe weather to the National Weather Service, or if you simply want to learn more about severe weather, considering consider attending one of their virtual sessions. Uh, the attendees are taught the basics of thunderstorm development, storm structure, features to look for, and where to find them. What, when, and how to report information to them uh, is also covered. Attendees will need a desktop or laptop computer to view the presentation. Additionally, they will use interactive polling software throughout the presentation that you'll need to use your cell phone for, provided you want to participate. The classes that are still remaining are Saturday, March 6th, from 10 to 11:15 a.m. Wednesday, March 10th, from 7 to 8 feet, excuse me, 8:15 p.m. and Saturday, March 20th, from 2 to 3:15 p.m. These are Central Standard Times. Um, because we're in the middle of spring weather in Missouri, these courses may be canceled or changed on short notice, provided you know there's active weather that affects it. Uh, they'll let everybody know these changes via the website and their social media channels and the link to register and only register for one course will be in the show notes. The next thing going on is the Linux Foundation Spring Member Meeting. It's on March 9th. It's online and it's free, but it's for members only. The Linux Foundation Member Summit is the annual gathering for Linux Foundation member organizations. Due to COVID-19, we'll be delaying the next in-person member summit to 20, uh, November 2021 so that attendees can get the full benefit of the event, which includes face-to-face -face collaboration and interaction. In the interim, we will be hosting the special member meeting on March 9th, 2021, so that the Linux Foundation can share timely information and announcements with members on new project launches, exciting project updates, and the latest on what's happening at the Linux Foundation. There's more information in the show notes regarding that. 
The next thing going on is Python for non-programmers. It runs from March 8th through the 12th. It's online. The cost is 1,422 euros or approximately $1,798 US. Uh, the course is designed for participants without any prior programming experience. Prerequisites are the are only some experience with an operating system and a general understanding of common computer tasks, such as office software or similar applications. More information in the show notes. And the last thing is the Red Hat Open Source Summit. It's April 27th and 28th. It's online, of course, and it is free. And the information on that is the premier open source event is expanding to become an all-new, flexible conference series, consisting of two-part immersive visual experience, as well as a global tour of small-scale in-person events. The series will create collective opportunities to share experiences, innovations, and insights. Red Hat Summit 2021 is where we come together to uplift perspectives in enterprise IT all around the world, ensuring that every contribution has a place, every person has a voice, and every question has a meaning. And of course, there's more information in the show notes about that as well. All right, very good. Thanks for bringing that up for us, especially the thing which is not really open source, but the Stormspire thing is kind of cool. Probably should have been in the... uh in the amateur radio stuff, but you know what? Pro- probably, but I saw that it was missing too late. So. <laughs> That's okay. It's it's where it needs to be. Uh, we already mentioned uh, checking out OpenRTX and registering for the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo, so make sure you do both of those things. We'd like to see you there uh, at the expo anyway, and maybe we'll see you online using OpenRTX. Who knows? It's got some development to go, but you know, it'll get there eventually. So with that said, let's go ahead and... Uh, run headlong down our slip and slide into the pool and hopefully don't jump past it into the uh, brick retaining wall of hedonism. <laughs> uh, anyway, we start that with Cheryl's recipe corner. Oh, and we've got fish tonight in the recipe corner. Ooh, cool. Yeah. 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 So it's spring. It's about Easter time. And, you know, of course that means Lent for a lot of people. So around here, we have everybody's got fish on Fridays. So I thought, you know, a fish recipe would be good. So I pulled out my Parmesan crusted tilapia recipe. Um, Russ is always game for fish because he was raised on the ocean. Uh, and it's been a very long time since I fixed this, probably 15 or more years. But it's a super simple recipe. You need some grated Parmesan, some paprika, some parsley, some tilapia or cod or whatever fish you want to use. It's it's totally doable. And a lemon cut into wedges. Um, in a shallow dish, you know, preheat your oven to 400 degrees in a shallow dish. Combine the cheese with the paprika and parsley. Season with salt and pepper. Drizzle the fish with olive oil. Dredge in the cheese mixture. Place on a foil lined baking sheet. Bake until the fish is opaque, which you know, probably about 10-12-ish minutes and serve the fish with lemon wedges. So that's that's the whole whole recipe right there. And then for my mixed drink corner, because it's spring, I pick the tequila honeysuckle, which calls for two ounces of Blanco tequila, three quarters of an ounce of honey syrup, which is equal parts honey and water, and three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. Uh, combine everything in a shaker, shake with ice, strain into your favorite margarita glass, and garnish with a little lime wedge, and have fun. 
That sounds good. It probably goes well with tilapia as well. It probably would, yeah. <laughs> Tequila goes well with everything, especially the end of an evening. There you okay. go. Okay. So with that said, we'll come over to my drink corner, which where tonight I am going to talk about something I thought I already did talk about, but I did not find it on my list. And that is the Dalmore, 12-year-old single malt Scotch whiskey. And there, well, a description I found of this whiskey is commonly referred to as simply the 12, which is a load of BS because there's a lot of 12s out there. The Dalmore 12-year-old single malt is the opening selection from the Dalmore's principal, and they're using the, like the Ohio State University. Yeah, whatever. Uh, alongside the 15, 18, and 25-year-old, the collection is rounded up with this uh, re revamped Cigar Malt Reserve and King Alexander III non-age statement releases. This particular single malt spends the first nine years of its aging process housed in X bourbon barrels before half of the whiskey is separated out. One half of the whiskey remains in ex-bourbon barrels, while the other is aged in 30-year-old Gonzales Bias. <laughs> so it says Bias. Um, Matusalem, Gonzales Bias Matusalem Oloroso Sherry Butts. Bias Butts. Okay. Uh, for those remaining three years. The two halves of the Delmore 12 are then brought back together as a single finished product. So there you go. So it is a single malt. The mash bill on it, of course, is 100% malted barley. Proof. They proof it down. And they may even caramel color it. I'm not sure. And they probably chill filter it, too, which makes it crap. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's at 80 proof, 40%. It comes from Alness, Scotland. It's a classic amber color. If you think about what amber looks like, you know, especially the ones that have uh, mosquitoes encased in them, that's what the color is. Um, the nose on it... Not not too bad. A little bit of cinnamon and baking spices, some vanilla, toasted almond, and a little caramel, like burnt vanilla caramel, sort of like brulee almost. So it's not too bad. The taste on it is pretty good, pretty fruity, fruity and chocolatey. It has a taste like chocolate, orange, a little bit of coffee and toffee, some spiced oak, uh, winter spice, like a little uh, evergreen or mint almost. And, of course, some sherry, because it does age in sherry barrels. And uh, the finish on it is uh, medium long, and most of the finish is just a little bit of orange, some of the toffee, or you might pick up caramel, and the oak barrel spice. So there's a few notes on here. You know, there's a few different things on the nose, on the taste, that sort of evaporate pretty quickly on the finish. Um, but while it's got some complexity, the proof is really low. And I don't particularly find the combination of aromas and tastes in this particularly interesting. Maybe some of the older ones are better, but I don't think the 12 year is where you want to land on this, especially since, uh, you know, it's a $60 plus bottle. And uh, I'm just uh, not really impressed, which is probably why it's been sitting on the shelf for a while. But I'll get through it one of these days. And so I'm going to have to rate it pretty low on my scale. So I'm going to give it an 82. So I'm definitely not going to recommend the Dalmore 12-year-old single malt. But, um, you know, if somebody gives you one, you know, don't throw it away. <laughs> um, it's, it's probably worth drinking for free, but I don't think I would recommend going out and buying it. So there you go. That's it for me. And, Bill, That's a we know you're drinking review. something. I know it's a horrible <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah. What am I drinking? Uh, yeah. Um, what, what aren't you drinking? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Wild Turkey 101 with the, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, in, in an old-fashioned format. <laughs> so, I, had, I had an old-fashioned earlier, so. Yeah, so a couple of double old-fashions, and, yeah, it just makes me non-podcast ready. Um, yeah, and I've, like, fixed my priority on my QS, so maybe I won't delay. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, anyway, yeah, Wild Turkey 101, the best. Just uh, what did you rate it like ninety two or ninety three? It's pretty high. Yeah, some, should, something like that. Especially you should have tourists. it in your bar. Period. That's yes, there's absolutely. no question about it. So it makes a great sipper. It makes a great uh, mixer. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I I I can't have a my cabinet without it. It's 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 a great great mixer. My wife loves it. So your wife loves it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like her go to. She likes a wild turkey one hundred and one and her diet coke. She loves it. Oh, well, how about that? I didn't know she drank whiskey. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't do anything else, really. And she does white wine, so, you know, you know who cares about that? <laughs> she doesn't do anything else. She doesn't clean the house or go to work or anything like that. She just sits around drinking wild turkey. <laughs> just wild turkey. <laughs> she's, the, she's the greatest. <laughs> she's a college professor, for Christ's sake. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think's in that coffee cup on her desk? You know. Yeah, yeah. She has one of these uh, coffee cups that say, you know, I'm 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 checking your grammar as you speak type coffee cups, you know, you know, one of those uh <laughs> snarky uh English professor coffee cups, uh, that you uh don't want to read while you're in an interview or something like that. So but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild Turkey one oh one is the best it's the bestest it's great. Love it. Yep. It's certainly way better than the Dalmore twelve. So, yeah, all right. That's well, what it sounds like, geez, 80. Right <laughs> what did you say? 80 or 82? 82. 82. Yeah. That's pretty low. Yep. That's pretty yeah. Bad. Gonzalez Baez is a company. It, it's Baez. B Y A S S. Sorry. Baez. Yeah. Gonzalez Baez is a company. Kind of. Maybe they're biased. Yeah, maybe. Well, or maybe they're biased. They've got two of them. I do have to mention what you reviewed the, uh, the, 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 what was the one last week? The drum, Jambui, Jambui, and I, I had it, and I want to say that I, uh, I liked it a lot, but like the part I missed in the review was the, uh, the heavy anise flavor. But you say yours wasn't heavily anise flavor. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't get it like you get it. Yeah, like that's that's kind of what I taste in mine. Um, but I love it. I love anise, so it works out great for me. Um, but I just, I just really didn't get it from your review last week. And of course, with it such a high score, I just wanted people to be aware that it could taste like anise. If you don't like black licorice or the anise flavor, avoid it. You may not like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think that may be one of those genetic flavor marker kind of things, because yeah. while I, while my review did say it had that black licorice flavor, it was not nearly as pronounced as it was for you like that's kind of like the flavor like i i imagined it as a uh as kind of like a very honey lace samboku or something like that that's kind of what i got when i tasted it now i don't have a refined palate or anything like that so i can't really go into the details beyond that but like that's kind of what i got i got the really heavy honey which is like a really nice sweet um not overly sweet but sweet sweet it's just, you know, honey's always that weird, sweet taste. It doesn't give you that sugary taste that is, like, very heavy sugar. It's Honey's kind of like, it, you know, whatever. It's a lingering sweet taste. 
and and the anise and i'm like wow it's just like somebody put honey in my sambuco <laughs> you know <laughs> and that's kind of what i got from it i didn't really get everything else until i kept on you know tasting it and tasting it and i kind of you know tasted some of those other notes that you mentioned and stuff like that but um but yeah i have a bottle here and it's it's great i love i love it but it's like it's kind of one of those last drink of the night drinks that's that's kind of where i yep. position it yeah it's not really a, a drink drinker drink it's a uh, it's kind of like a app well, i guess is it an aperitif or what do you call the last drink of the night digestive for aperitif uh, yeah, digestive, yeah. yeah something like yeah just you just have one drink and it's it's just good by itself and uh yeah i think i think everybody would i don't know if you don't like anise you won't like it at all so <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, anyway, I like it i like it yeah if nothing else go to your local bar or whatever and get a you know, order a shot of it so you can see whether you're liking it or not before you go buy a bottle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That brings us down to the end of our program. So thanks everybody for tuning in to this edition of the weekender episode number 397 of Linux in the ham shack. We appreciate everybody who's tuning in and listening to us, whether it's live or whether it's during, you know, after the fact with the podcast feed or however it is that you consume your podcasts we really appreciate it. Make sure to uh, check out our support options if you want to get involved with the program. And then, of course, there's uh, an upcoming contest. So uh, make sure you're you know paying attention to that. And if you want to see us live on the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo, we'll have that live podcast. Should be 2 p.m. Central on Saturday, March 13th, unless something changes, and we'll let you know. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and... Mention the folks who are with us live tonight. We had Tom N4HAI, Tony K4XSS, Don KC9ZMY, Ted WA0EIR, and Stacy KB7YS. So thanks everybody. And I think we're, we're done for now. So we hope you have a great weekend and a great fortnight and we'll catch you all again for the next one. This is, like I said before, episode 397 of Linux in the Amshack. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NA4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 
visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.